D-S-N-Y. All right. This is a big one. Very important milestone. This episode. It is episode 100, 100 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and always Rivercrest NYC. We picked up a few new sponsors along the way from episode one to episode 100, and uh, it's, I always lose my breath by the end of that. But I mean, we made it. We made it to 100. This is we big, exciting it. stuff. We, we made it longer than Aaron Judge did. Longer than Aaron Judge. Yeah, we don't have any more numbers. We can't call this the the DJ LeMahieu episode, the Aaron Judge episode anymore because we are into triple digits. No more, no more of that fun stuff. Uh, and speaking of non-fun stuff, the Yankees this week was just, it was not fun. Yes, but first and foremost, I have to say that we we definitely can't do like regular numbers, but we can now just pretend like that first number because it's going to be one for a while. We can just go with this the next two numbers we can add them up too we can just we can add them up uh what a episode 125 that'll be the aaron judge and dj lemayhew episode that was quick mm-hmm. math who said this wasn't a math podcast only us about a hundred thousand times wow you're right yeah and uh let's do let's do a little episode 100 oh there's the cat nice and early <laughs> nice and early for episode 100 was just scratching at the door to get out because she did not want to talk about how poorly the yankees have been playing so no, absolutely not. And you know what? Let's let's put that on the back burner for a second. Let's okay. hype let's hype ourselves up. All for right, a I'm second. cool with it. Okay. First of all, getting to episode 100, big milestone. Never thought we were going to get here, especially when I started this with just Rob, and we were just recording in the in the uh, living room of our apartment, our tiny apartment. That the the ceilings were like seven feet tall. I had to duck under the doorway to get into the bathroom. It was the smallest apartment that's ever been known to to mankind. And I never thought we would get to 100. What is What's your number one highlight? What's your favorite thing we've done in the hundred episodes that we've been doing this? I think one of the coolest things was interviewing Rachel, um, the yes. Yankee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Yankees minor league hitting coach. That was amazing because for me, it just made me feel like, first of all, we made it. Um, but second of all, just like the concept of being able to interview another female who is so deep in the sport and just really gave me like a sense of like confidence and just pure excitement about what what the potential is because the potential is out there for females. So that was super empowering for me as a female sports writer. Yes. Fantastic episode. And that's always my go-to when I think about like, Oh, what, what happens if this sports writing thing isn't working out anymore? Like what, what, when I have to go and get a normal day job and do regular stuff, what am I going to look back on? And that's like the number one thing. Like I interviewed Rachel Balkovich, the first female hitting coach in the, in baseball and that was like that was amazing sorry my cat is everywhere i know yeah dory Dory just sticking her butt in the camera and really (laughs) ruining a really ruining a milestone (laughs) my bad um yeah no i mean that probably by far was the coolest thing but i mean we've just had so many awesome discussions over the years some awesome some 
not so great discussions, but things that needed to be talked about. Um, the other thing, though, that I have to say is definitely memorable would have to be our first initial reaction to the Houston Astros. Yes. That was golden. <laughs> that was that was a premium podcast. I would even today. What is this? A, a year and a half later, almost. Yeah, let's go back yeah. and listen to it. It was like episode like fifty or something. Go back and listen to it because I have to say that was that was probably our peak. That was us oh, at yeah. the height of our powers. That was pure. Not even it was pure knowledge, but technically all the emotions thrown in there where we were like, we are trying so hard to be as professional as possible. But I was, I don't know what you're talking about. Really gets me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That was the, my least professional day okay, of all time. I was. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just looking back, you know, Zach Cohn, that was, we had him on mm -hmm. twice, uh, once with Rob, once with you. That was awesome. Um, all the times we've had Keith McPherson on, we love Keith McPherson especially because he also does this. He does podcasts too. He's done radio. So whenever we have him on, it, it's a treat because he really gets what we're going for and he, and he knows how to get us there. And there's the cat once again. Fantastic. <laughs> I and don't just, know what's happening. She's excited. She's just excited. <laughs> she's so happy for us uh, for the 100th episode. She's like, I've been here the whole time too. So yes, every single time that the cat has appeared on camera, oh, she wants to sit up in the window. Hold on. Let me just, you know. You just let her sit in the window. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah. There you go. She's so <laughs> cute. Um, so, yeah, in fact, she's she, she's not looking out the window. How is she supposed to sit up there? That's like a tiny ledge. So when you open it, James, ah, when you open it. <laughs> but right now, I think she's content just looking out. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is, this couldn't be more appropriate for episode 100. <laughs> To just have Tori like bouncing around like, hey, like, can you open the window so I can sit in the weirdest possible spot in this house? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. She just like I haven't been around all day. So for her, she's just super, super friendly today. So my apologies. But hey, listen, it's super important. So, um, well. I do want to talk about something from the Yankees. It's not about the Yankees overall performance. Um, I just want to say that I have seen some very rude comments from people regarding Aaron Hicks's uh, decision to sit out um, one of the games this week due to the, um, the oh, stop the police uh, shooting in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I've seen some really nasty comments from people and a lot of comments like, what does it have to do with you? You should be playing. You get paid to play. Well, <laughs> I have a problem with that. I think that's entirely wrong and incredibly inappropriate to say. And we all know that Aaron Hicks and a lot of the Yankees on this team, especially people like Giancarlo Stanton, are very, very vocal on their stances as um, being Black or Latino men in America. And so I'm really proud of Aaron Hicks for taking a stand for something that, you know, he felt he needed to do. Um, and I think all the haters just are, that's a terrible position to take. And I feel terribly bad for you. Absolutely. And, and this kind of goes back to uh, last summer when Aaron Hicks and Giancarlo Stanton kneeled for the national anthem. And that's I couldn't have less of a problem with kneeling for the national anthem. First of all, it's kind of weird that we play a national anthem before a baseball game. It's kind of weird. It's never really made a ton of sense to me. But besides the fact, like 
everyone just wants to come in and say, oh, this is so disrespectful to the troops. And uh, come on, man. First of all, we all know what it's about. You're just you're projecting an issue that you have onto these players because you don't want to be in the wrong, quote unquote. And it's just, you know, Aaron Hicks came up in the Minnesota system, has really heavy ties to that community. And you can't do anything but, you know, give him a break. Give him a break. This was a really tough thing for him to go through, and I have no problem with him sitting out the game. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just saw these comments and literally, and I did, I made the mistake of clicking on the comments Can't because do it. I wanted, you know, I was, it. I was interested. I thought people were going to be like, Hey, proud of you, but no, not one comment was about that because the only people that want to be heard are the people that just decide that it's not okay for him to do what he does. So, you know what, I was super proud to hear that Aaron Hicks did that. And, you know, obviously like hearing too about John Carlos Stanton, even, you know, taking a few minutes before the game and being like, is this something that I want to do? Is it right for me to play today? And you know what, that's, that's their personal decision. And I don't think anyone can fault them for that. And he let Brett Gardner play. So if anyone is, you know, having a hard time with that, I don't know. I just say it's, it's ridiculous. And Sadly, it's been happening more and more, but quite honestly, I totally respect exactly what he did and what he felt he had to do. Yeah. And this is, this is, you know, the quote unquote, keep politics out of sports gang. And I think it's appropriate that we talk about this on Jackie Robinson day, Mm -hmm. uh, the first player to break the color barrier in baseball. And, you know, we still have an issue with this 70 years later. It's, it's disheartening. It's, you know, I, I purposefully don't read the comments on those tweets. I like to read comments. I like to read the replies to just general news because that usually fuels some pretty funny articles for me uh, going after the idiots of Yankees Twitter because there are a lot of them. There are so many of them. But this is yeah. this is one of those situations where I'm I'm going nowhere near this. I don't want to see any of the hateful shit that these people have to say to Aaron Hicks. And just it's a game, man. It's a game. And. Aaron Hicks is on the biggest stage in baseball. He plays center field for the New York Yankees and to sit out a game that brings attention to it. And that's all that Aaron Hicks can do from the position that he's in. So, you know, credit to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to get that, get that out of the way. Cause I feel like I, I definitely seen a lot of that and it's been really, it's been weighing on me because I just, Obviously, fans are going to say what they're going to say or fans, you know, but people that have been watching the Yankees for a long time, they're going to say whatever they want to say, but it doesn't make it right and doesn't mean you should be saying things. Yeah, that's just, you know, this this is the thing about the Internet. We have access to unlimited information in our pockets, just all the information that the world has ever had. It's sitting in, you know, a, a half foot long square. In our in our pockets, and what do we use it for? This right, right, exactly. So, yeah, like I said, just felt like I had to mention that. Um, but beyond that, I mean, obviously, obviously, the Yankees' performance has not been good. No, many could say bad. One might unwatchable. say, <laughs> yes, this is this is almost to the date last year that I wrote an article called. 
the Yankees are a tough watch right now. It's almost to the date because we did it or not last year, two years ago, because mm-hmm. last year it was fake season. Yeah. We didn't have baseball last year. Just put that out of our mind. Uh, yeah, 2019, because we did the same thing. You get off to a slow start and you did it in 2018 too. The Yankees always get off to a slow start. So I'm not overly concerned. I'm not at the point where I'm saying, I don't know, are the Yankees still a playoff team? Come on. We know the Yankees are a playoff team, but it sucks. It sucks because we have to watch this right now. And it's it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch the Yankees lead the league and in grounding into double plays. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, like Jay Bruce, literally it's an off day and Jay Bruce already grounded into two double plays. Like I saw the news. I know. it's. I hate Jay Bruce. I hate Jay Bruce so much. I can't believe. There was a time a month ago where I was saying, you know what, Jay Bruce, he doesn't look too bad. Maybe the lefty swing in Yankee Stadium. You know how we we love those. He is just he is the worst hitter I've ever seen. He is the worst first baseman I've ever seen. He's a worse first baseman than Chris Carter. That's how bad he is at first base. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I went there. Chris Carter was better at first base than Jay Bruce. I would rather us go out and get Chris Carter back then have Jay Bruce play another game Wouldn't as a that Yankee. Be something, huh? <laughs> oh my god, it's been it's been brutal and especially cuz Glaber Torres is taking the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glaber's making these short throws that Luke Voigt probably picks, DJ probably picks, mm-hmm. and Jay Bruce is like, "Whoops, missed that one too." Like, "Come on, man." Yeah, the the presence of Luke Voigt is is really looming large right about now and um, yeah, we definitely had one game, one game where we defended Jay Bruce. <laughs> and that was the one game that Lean texted us all. And she was like, oh my gosh, Jay Bruce is the worst ever. And we're like, oh, he's not that bad. And then he hits a two run single, he, you know, makes an amazing play at first. So maybe we just need more of that. Maybe we need more of the hate to come through from Lean to, um, push that out towards him more hate in the universe to give positivity to him yeah it's just i don't see it i don't see it i don't see the reverse jinx working on jay bruce he's that bad there is nothing in this universe that could make jay bruce a good fit for the new york yankees right now just get rid of him bring up mike ford i don't care who let's just let's just move dj to first base full time i don't even care let's just do it just get jay bruce out of here Right, exactly. And, um, you know, there's there's different options, of course, that you could use. Um, but yeah, Jay Bruce, not looking good at all. Not looking good at all. And if we're going to have somebody who's that much of a, a zero in the lineup, why can't we just make it Tyler Wade? At least Tyler Wade is going to bring good defense so we can move Glaber. Let's just, let's do this. Let's move Glaber back to second base. Tyler Wade, full-time shortstop until Luke Voigt gets back. That's what we'll do. And it doesn't matter because he's just going to be taking Jay Bruce's spot in the lineup. And Jay Bruce is the worst hitter of all time. So I know it sounds kind of weird to say about someone who has 300 career home runs, but in his Yankees experience, in my Yankee experience with Jay Bruce, I've never seen anybody worse than him. Let's talk about who might be the best hitter on the team right now is Kyle Higashioka. Um, Yes. James, we called it. We called it. And if I had a dollar for every time we were right on this podcast and we're just right about literally everything, except for that previous conversation about saying Jay Bruce might be okay. We might have a dollar. Yeah, no, we might have a dollar, maybe two dollars. But no, Kyle Higashioka, I have long held the belief that anytime he gets a hit, it's a home run. (laughs) <laughs> he just keeps doing it. 
<laughs> I don't it, understand. It happened one season. And then ever since then, that's kind of the reputation that stuck with me. But we discussed this last week on the podcast. We were like, if you take Gary Sanchez out of the lineup or even put him at DH, you know, you're potentially getting a better defensive catcher. He's been making some good throws too to second base. Um, tags have not been so great, but he's been looking good on the defensive end. And then offensively, you're really not losing too, too much. Yeah, because this is this is what we talked about last week. And it was in reference to Gary Sanchez being terrible. But the main point was that it wasn't just that Gary Sanchez was unplayable. It was also that Kyle Hagashioka was playing really well, both offensively right. and defensively, to the point where you took Gary, not even for a Garrett Cole start, you took Gary out of the lineup and chose to go with Kyle Hagashioka instead. Actively said, we want Kyle Hagashioka with everybody over Gary Sanchez with anybody on this staff right now. And this week, obviously, he had the two home run game pitching uh, with Garrett Cole pitching. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. And I don't think we're ever going to see Garrett and Gary again uh, long term. And especially, I mean, if Higashioka hits, then what do we need Gary in game one of the playoffs for? Let's just let so, Kyle Higashioka catch. Yeah. So it's it's actually very interesting because, um, you know, obviously Garrett Cole didn't really have his stuff in the beginning of that start. He struggled to kind of get into the groove. Um, so safe to say that um, Garrett Cole wise, he did struggle. Um, and yet he still had Higgy behind the plate, but it just seems that when Higgy is back there with Garrett Cole, it's like he has an extra boost of confidence. Um, and he just seems 10 times more confident when he's at the plate. I'm very interested to know like what his stats are when he catches Garrett Cole versus when he catches anyone else offensively. Offensively, yeah, that'd be something to look out for and see. Maybe, maybe this is just Kyle Higashioka now. Maybe he's just a good catcher, and that's just right. that's just who he is. He's good offensively. He's good defensively. Right. And the other thing is, you know, Gary Sanchez playing really well so far, mm -hmm. like really well. He is currently leading the league, leading the entire league in reducing strikeout rate. Which, all right, let's take a grain of salt his strikeout rate was just about as bad as it could possibly get last year so he's probably the only person who could potentially improve his strikeout rate this much but let's give him credit he's not striking out as much he's hitting with power i love it yeah yeah no i definitely enjoy seeing it and like you know who has more strikeouts than gary sanchez this year who dj lemayhu oh interesting Interesting. As, I don't think that's going to hold up. As of late with the strikeouts, but yeah, Gary Sanchez has only struck out seven times this year, and DJ LeMahieu has only struck out eight times, but it seems like a lot more frequently because we saw that one game where he struck out, I think, three times. Yeah, that was a rough game for DJ. We know DJ is not a strikeout guy. I don't expect right. that stat to hold up over a full year, uh, but it also that's brings up... We take advantage of it right now when it's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, and it, it brings up the point that the Yankees right now are just not clicking as a unit. There, there are a lot of guys who are not playing their best baseball right now. And it kind of seems like we're getting into that classic Yankee stretch when the, when the offense is going well, the pitching is a disaster. When the pitching is going well, the offense is a disaster. That feels like where we're at right now. And we just, we can't get it synced up. And I don't know if there's ever actually been a time over the last three, four years that the Yankees offense and pitching has been fully synced up. I've been waiting for it. I just don't think it's happened. It definitely has not. I mean, there there really hasn't been a time recently where the Yankees have been running like all cylinders go, you know, everything just working perfectly. 
it has not happened. Not even especially with health, especially with health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, luckily so far, knock on wood, um, the Yankees have avoided any serious, serious injuries besides the one to Luke Voigt. Um, and of course, Zach Britton, but the bullpen's managing all on their own. It's just Luke Voigt is someone that we're very, very severely missing right now. Yeah, they've they've avoided all injuries except for an MVP candidate last year okay, and uh, and our best reliever. <laughs> relax, but it's not like last year where it seemed like every day there was something new coming up, like John Carlos Stanton out with a sore quad. Um, I can't even say Brett Gardner because he's never hurt. Never Jeff hurt. Frazier out with a concussion. Aaron Hicks out with a strained oblique. You know things like that. There hasn't been anything mysterious like that yet. But you know what? I might as well have just jinxed it. Yeah, just jinxed it. And you know what we have to talk about this week? How much did everybody overreact to Aaron Judge missing two games with general soreness? <laughs> I mean, he's fine. <laughs> it was pretty funny. In fact, I think the Yankees were just kind of using our fear against us. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see what these people are going to come up with. They're like meeting in a room and they're just like, here's the best tweets about Aaron Judge's injury and going through them and just laughing their asses off. He's fine. He's okay. He was totally fine. Hits two home runs yesterday. Totally fine. I've never seen anybody as healthy as Aaron Judge. And last week, we were ready to write him off completely. We were thinking, let's trade Aaron Judge. He can't stay on the field. This guy's a bum. Do some more yoga. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, overall this season, injury-wise, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But right now, um, the Yankees are in a good place, which is sad as to why they cannot hit the freaking ball. And then you watch yesterday's game where Bo Bichette just hits two crabby fly balls to right field and they both go out and you're just like if Aaron Judge hit even less of that ball it would have gone out so why didn't it happen it's windy in those spring training stadiums it's windy out there yeah Very we saw true. it in Buffalo last year the, the ball was flying in Buffalo last year over the summer I don't know I, they I were think in Buffalo were they yeah they were in Buffalo last year uh, I don't well, know last if year but this year they're down in Florida yeah, this year it's still too cold in Buffalo. This is, I mean, might be, might as well be the dead of winter in Buffalo still. Probably, I'm assuming it definitely is. I just remember being like up in upstate New York and it was snowing in like May. Like, um, yes, there's maybe... supposed to be snow in the forecast for tomorrow. So, That's, what is what is that? Where do you live? <laughs> Where do we live? I don't even know. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's horrible. It was the worst experience of my life in upstate winter. I couldn't get any worse than that, and they just. <laughs> They can't blame you know Buffalo. I will tell you where I live. We have a competition about who gets the most snow and it's an honor to receive the snowball award. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, they have snow games going on in Detroit and Minnesota. They got snow games going fun. on. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good snow game? It's not like football where it's like pretty, pretty common to see a snow game. You get at least one or two a year to get a snow game in baseball is something really special. And we've gotten two so far this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We've been blessed. Two Hashtag snow games and two blessed. no hitters. Hashtag blessed. Yes. Um, another thing that we have to talk about, which I don't want to talk about. I think you'll be more open to talking about it. Are we heading towards a situation with Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner where a platoon is going to be deployed? <laughs> We're already freaking there. Jay. Oh, my. No, you know no. Oh, no. 
I mean, not necessarily like we want that to happen, but they both played in the same number of games this year. They both played in nine games. <sighs> um, Brett Gardner only has nine fewer at bats than Clint Frazier. And Brett Gardner is actually. He's hitting well. Yeah, he's getting on base. He's hitting really well. Uh, I mean, you can't deny that you love what you see from Brett Gardner right now. Yeah. But there's also part of it that's like, I'd rather yeah. just see Clint struggle and work through it than have Brett you Gardner have out there. To. That's the problem is I think, and I think Yankee fans are also a little too abrupt on this too. You have to watch Clint Frazier go through these struggles and see what he does to get himself out of these slumps and get himself back to the player that we know he can be. Because if you just, every time he goes 0 for 4, you decide to sit him for two games and Brett Gardner comes out and Brett Gardner plays well, people are going to be like, oh, I want Brett Gardner over Clint Frazier, which I mean, I don't mind seeing that, but at no, the of same course you time, don't for the future of the team, it's very important to see how Clint Frazier overcomes um, these struggles. So I don't think it should happen. I think it's already friggin' happening. And I'm not sure if it's just pressure that we as, as fans and like everyone else seems to be putting on the team. Or if it's just they can't let go of Brett Gardner, which, hey, don't blame him, but not a good look. It's just the very last thing that I want is to get into a situation with Clint Frazier where we're thinking more Jock Peterson than everyday mm -hmm. outfielder. A guy who Jock Peterson probably could hit left-handed pitching if he got the opportunity. He probably could. He's that talented, but he's just routinely for years just he only hits against right-handers and it's just I don't want to get into that situation with Clint Frazier where we're going to be limiting him going forward because he just doesn't have that experience off right-handed pitchers I mean we need right. that Clint Frazier is the left fielder of the future this is his job now and I as much as I love Brett Gardner and you know I do not as much as you do but I love yeah. Brett Gardner I just I can't have it this early in the season, I can't have him taking at-bats away from Clint Frazier. I can't have Clint getting off to such a slow start and then being relegated to the bench. I can't do it again. Not again, Allison. Well, this is, I listen, I'm agreeing with you. This is not something that can happen. In order to get Clint Frazier prepared for the future, he has to realize that he's going to go through these slumps and these struggles, and he has to overcome them. So I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's she's all over it today. She is just amped up for episode 100. She wants to get out, and my boyfriend is not opening the door for her, so I'm kind of pissed at him, too, um, because he's just not letting her out, and now she's bothering me. So I don't know what's going on. It's a disaster. Episode 100, disaster. baby. Yes, episode 100. Well, this is, this is a staple of the podcast. Tori's a staple, and it wouldn't be right to not have her on episode 100. This is uh, the most she's ever been on, ever. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh. Pun. That was unintentional. I didn't mean to do that, but it was it works out. Yeah, uh, definitely the most that she's ever appeared on the podcast. Not the most aggressive she's been, though. I think she's been way more aggressive uh, in really? the past. Yeah, one time she just ran right over your computer and stepped on everything. I remember that vividly. Well, yeah, because I'm shoving her off before she does it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. That was that might have been the first clip. I think the first social media clip we ever put out was just Tori jumping all over your computer. That might have been the first one. <laughs> probably she likes when I talk to people on the computer and she thinks I'm talking to her. So that's why she comes over. <laughs> All right. Back on topic, back on the Yankees. Yes. Uh, Domingo Herman. He's out. He's done. He's out. That was a quick, uh, 
That was a quick, quick hook. hook, but you know what? Uh, the Yankees have more than enough people in the minor leagues. Plus they've already seen a little bit from Michael King too. Yes. They have good opportunities to fill that slot. So why risk keeping him around? If you can test some of the waters early on in the season, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm a little bit surprised uh, because even, yes. you know, from the spring starts to the regular season starts, Domingo stuff just didn't look anything mm-hmm. like it did in spring training. I mean, we were, we had just begrudgingly admitted that Domingo Herman was going to be a part of this rotation because he, mm-hmm. he looked really good in spring. And that was, that was one of those things that we were, I was ready to be wrong about that. I all winter, I was saying Domingo Herman got lit up in the Dominican league. Domingo Herman hasn't pitched in a year and a half. He's going to be terrible for the Yankees. He's not going to be on this roster. And then he just proved me wrong. And now he's proving me right again, that he's just not going to be a part of this team. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to go to Davey this early. I, I'd love to have Davey up. Uh, I'm fine with Michael King, though. I loved what I saw from him in that that three and a third he pitched after Domingo's first game. I liked I liked what I saw. Absolutely, no, I've definitely enjoyed watching Michael King. I think it'd be good to give him an opportunity as a as a starter. Um, you know, he definitely has the opportunity to be like a a long. Uh, late, I'm sorry, mid inning reliever where he could, you know, pop in the middle of the game. But to be completely honest, he kind of came up through the system as a starter. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think his stuff plays better as a starter anyway, just kind of, uh, emphasizing that soft contact instead of that strikeout stuff, uh, which I love. I prefer that for my starter. If I have a reliever, I want him striking guys out like Johnny lasagna, Jonathan Loisaga, the nastiest stuff in the game. Max Greenfield could not be higher on Jonathan Loisaga. And we are just so happy that he told us Johnny Lasagna was going to be good first. Absolutely. I am so glad we got that insider info. Um, I mean, he's been quietly good over the years, but he's never quite been dominant. So what I've seen from him, I've really, really liked so far. Plus, I like the idea that he can go multiple innings yes, as opposed to just a one inning guy. You know, he's not like a Chapman that can only do one inning. And obviously he's not like Chapman at all, but um, he has the stuff where he can go to potentially even if he goes to three innings, he could do that. Um, but like he went two innings the other day, totally fine. I loved it. Yeah. And that's something we desperately need right now. Cause I'm, I mean, I don't know about you. I could not have any less faith in Nick Nelson as a reliever. Yeah. I just, I don't want to see that guy in a close game ever because it's not that he's a bad pitcher. It's just that he hasn't been very good yet. So yeah. I'd, I'd rather go with Jonathan Lewisaga for two innings to Chad Green and Rogers Chapman than have anything to do with Nick Nelson in a close game. Now we're still waiting for Zach Britton to come back. And even when Britton comes back, you know, who is that? Who is that next guy? Is it going to be Justin Wilson? Is it going to be Jonathan Loisaga? That guy who can bridge you from the fifth inning to the seventh inning where you can start unloading the horses. Who's that guy? I'd like it to be Johnny Lasagna. I've always loved Loisaga. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he settles into this role. I don't think I want to mess around with trying to make him a starter again. I, I like him all. as a bullpen arm. I think his stuff plays really well. Not at all. You can't, you can't mess around with that. Um, you know, it's something we've talked about over the years, even with someone like Chad green. Um, luckily, you know, he didn't seem to be too, too messed up from that, but yeah, and you know, Chad green went right to the bullpen. Like once right. he was a, once he was a reliever, it was like, Oh, this guy has yep. something in the late exactly. innings that he just didn't have as a starting pitcher. I always, I'll always remember that, uh, 2017, I think it was, or maybe it was 2018, the starting pitching battle. I, oh, I can't remember who, 
Chad Green was up against. And then out of nowhere, the last week of spring training, here comes Jordan Montgomery. He's like, yep, that's my spot now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, you know, I I've never been a fan of like messing around between once you've got him in the bullpen, keep him there. No, because of Jabba Chamberlain. Right. There's just no point in bringing them back, um, especially if they have if their stuff is more suited for a bullpen role. Um, we we saw it a lot over the years. But yeah, I mean, and quite honestly, the bullpen has overall been pretty good. Thanks to um, lasagna. <laughs> I'm just going to call him lasagna. Just thanks to lasagna and, you know, Chad Green stepping up. Um, to be honest, I'm always afraid of Chapman when he comes into the game, just because I never know what he's going to do, what's going to happen. But I would say the splitter gives me a lot more confidence in a raw this Chapman. Oh, yeah. The just to have that, that extra pitch. Yeah, just yeah. to have that extra pitch, though, because you know that when he gets into that zone where he's he's releasing the fastball early and he's losing it high and away to a right-handed batter, that what happened with Jose Altuve? Everybody and their mother knew a slider was coming on that pitch. Jose Altuve didn't need a buzzer. Maybe he was wearing one. Who knows? But he didn't need one to know that Araldis Chapman was going to throw a slider on that pitch, and he just he got all of it. So just... Just to have that third pitch where if something's not working, if the slider's not working, if the fastball's not working, you have another option to go to. I That's only going to help him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, overall, um, overall, the bullpen's been pretty strong. In fact, it's been one of the better ones in the league. Um, so sup- shockingly, because it doesn't feel us, that way. Color us surprise. I mean, I. It hasn't, it hasn't felt that way because they're, you know, we're, we're looking at the extra inning games when they, Mm -hmm. the Yankees lose and those stick in your mind a little more than Jonathan Loisia, a clean one, two, three inning, the, the losing ones stick in your mind longer. So it it feels like the Yankees bullpen has been a disaster, but when you look at the actual numbers, it's like, Oh, interesting. This this is one of the best bullpens in the league. Who would have guessed? Who would have thunk? Um, but yeah, I mean, the Yankees, though, they are, they're digging themselves a hole early. The Red Sox are uh, deciding to play baseball again. Um, J.D. Martinez decides he wants to play baseball this year. Go figure. Unreal. Um, <laughs> I will say, I accidentally drafted J.D. Martinez in one of my fantasy baseball leagues. I didn't, I, I lost power during the draft right at my pick and it auto-picked J.D. Martinez. I was so mad. I was texting everyone like, God damn it, I lost power. Now I'm stuck with this bum J.D. Martinez. He can't even play a position. He has to be the utility guy. And I was so mad. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, he rips off a three-homer game. I was like, oh, all right, all right. Right. I mean, so the Yankees have some interesting competition that they really weren't expecting as the season broke. Um, even, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the Blue Jays are a pretty damn good team. And missing George um, Springer, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and obviously, I mean, the Rays just have the Yankees number. I just I don't know what it's it is. It's the trap. We have to destroy the trap. Right. Exactly. So, uh, to be completely honest, I'm not, I'm not worried about the Baltimore Orioles, no offense. Um, but I am worried about the other teams in the division just by the way they're starting out hot. I mean, will they cool down? Absolutely. Will the Yankees heat up? Absolutely. But right now, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, Yankees wouldn't even be an option. No. And this is the last thing that you want to do. Uh, you know, the AL East is maybe a different story than the NL East because it's a little bit less competitive. But the last thing you want to do is get off to a slow start and really like burn your season, put yourself in a deep hole early that is going to take you a long time to climb out of. And that, that, you know, May hot streak you get on where you win 12 out of 14 games in early May, 
You want that to be separating you from the rest of the division, not just getting back into the race. So that's, you know, the Yankees, I don't expect the Red Sox to be better than the Yankees this year. Their bullpen is terrible. Their pitching staff isn't great. Uh, their offense, I mean, it's got it's got some big names in it. J.D. Martinez, like we mentioned, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts. Like, it's not a bad team. I could see a realistic scenario where the Red Sox were in wild card contention at the end of the year. Um, I mean, I don't think they have the Blue Jays number. I think the Blue Jays are better than them, even though they also have the same problems, but a better offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe the wild card spots this year are going to go to the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and no AL West team, no AL Central team. And the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be sitting at home a year after being in the World Series. I wouldn't mind that at all, honestly. No, I mean, that would be pretty good, too. But yeah, it's uh it's been very interesting to watch how the season has played out so far. Um, I've been watching a lot more baseball. Obviously, we have two no hitters already. Amazing. Um, Joe Musgrove, ridiculous. Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon. I will say Carlos Rodon last night. That was I don't know which story was better. Joe Musgrove, the, the hometown San Diego kid. He's got San Diego tattooed on his chest. Finally gets traded away from the Pirates, which is everybody's dream. Goes to his hometown team and throws a no-hitter in his second start. Or Carlos Rodon, who came back from all these surgeries, and we were just hoping that he was going to be able to pitch this year, and all of a sudden he's gassing 99 on pitch number 110. I was like, I don't know which story is better. And So, yeah. So who's going to throw a no-hitter next week? Garrett Cole, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I, I've always wondered, what it feels like to give up a no hitter or a perfect game in the ninth inning and still get the no hitter. Like, are you disappointed? Are you just happy anyway? Cause like you were this close to getting the perfect game and you know, Rodon hits him in the hits Salvador Perez in the foot or not Salvador Perez. I don't even remember. It hits him in the foot and then gets the no hitter anyway. So what's your first thought when you get the no hitter? Is it damn, I was so close or like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah. I don't even know. Probably the excitement just, covers everything to be completely honest. I mean, everyone's running to celebrate with you. They're so excited for you. So plenty of people, plenty of people throw no hitters later that night when they're lying in bed, they're just like, ah, damn it. That's going to be haunting him for the rest of his life. That stupid toe. I quote tweeted the, uh, (laughs) I quote tweeted the white Sox today because they said, how's everyone feeling today? I was like, "Mm, not perfect, but what a wild series that was. It starts off with Shane Bieber and Lucas Giolito putting on an absolute show, both mm-hmm. shutouts for both of those guys. And then uh, I think Cleveland finally wins it in the 10th. And then you have the no hitter by Rodon. And then today they get in a fight. I missed it. Oh yeah. It was, it was the stupidest fight ever. Adam, Adam Eaton, of course, Adam Eaton. I don't like Adam Eaton. That he's guy. he's yep. not my favorite. Um, him and Andres Jimenez got into it a little bit at second base, got into a little shoving match and the benches started to clear. So we can't do that. Not during a, not during a pandemic. Can't do that. League's going to come down hard on them. Two no hitters, two fights. What's going on? It's wild. And the Nick Castellanos said, come on, that wasn't a fight. That was, that was barely a shove by Yadier Molina and Castellanos of all people got hit with the suspension. That's absurd. (laughs) Yeah, that was so strange. Absolutely. Well, what else do you got? Mm. Let's see. For the Yankees, I mean, I don't think I really have anything for the Yankees. We had Gio Rochella playing shortstop for the first time. That was that was fine. I couldn't believe how much more comfortable I was with Gio Rochella at shortstop than Gleyber Torres. Gio can do no wrong. We know that. Next. Next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> 
that's pretty much all I have for the Yanks this week because they've been a tough watch. Maybe Jameson and Tyone, uh, Jameson, Tyone, and Corey Kluber, they've been getting banged up a little bit. Uh, you know, you had to expect that that was going to come at some point because there's there's been a lack of actual game action for both of them over the last couple years. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not concerned about it. They're going to get all those issues straightened out. <laughs> does, does Tori want to speak into the microphone? She's getting up there. No, she's eating my uh, sweatshirt uh, strings. Definitely the most involved Tori has been. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. You got anything? Well, no, but I love this cat. She's great. I love you. Um, <laughs> but she has been quite obnoxious this entire podcast. So. Oh, I, I feel that. Brody has been a disaster lately. He's, I think he's got a little stomach bug. He's a little sick, so he's not eating, and now he's just hangry all the time. He's being, being a little bit crazy. Uh, well, he's always a little bit crazy, but uh, at least at least he's nice sometimes. Tori seems nice. <laughs> she's She needs attention, but she's nice at least. Yes, look at that. There you go. Look <laughs> at the camera. Oh, okay. Oh, gone. All right, never mind. She's a little camera shy. Yeah. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for us this week. Then if you don't have anything else. No, I am good. No. All right. Then as a special favor to Allison and I, since you made it to the end of episode one, zero, zero episode 100, uh, leave us a five-star review. Cause that'd be, that'd be super cool. Uh, we know how many people listen. I'm going to say it again. We know how many people listen and we know how many reviews we have. They don't numbers don't add up. So Let's get over a hundred. Let's do this. Let's get over a hundred reviews for episode 100. How about that? Sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right. So we'll wrap it up there then. And we'll see y'all next week for episode 101, which is less special. Yeah. Yeah. Less special. Not so perfect, but it'll be great. Oh, always great. Always great. <laughs>